Hi, <laughs> welcome back. It's episode eight. Yes, of the it is. No- God Pod. Yeah. Today we I'm are bringing you the much-anticipated Queer Things Part Two. Yay! <laughs> uh, prepare for chaos. Yes. <laughs> if the first one taught you anything. It is that we have a lot of thoughts, but not many of them are entirely coherent on this subject. (laughs) We're going to try our best. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, The reason for the return of the theme, okay, two reasons. One is that we titled the first one part one, so therefore we kind of um, obliged ourselves to do a follow-up. But reason two is that next month we have... An actual live performance at Theatre in the Pound Scratch Night as part of uh, the Bula Europe Festival Week. So we will be performing a short work-in-progress version of um, How Do You Talk About a Manless Woman, which is a queer-themed piece. So we thought we would resurrect the subject in in honour of that work (laughs) (laughs) yes totally not literally just to try and plug this thing it's like short 15 minute work in progress performance that we would love if you guys would come to because we would love your feedback if you're in London only one pound there'll also be other cool shows on on the night yeah yeah we'll tell you all of the details at the end um, and it will be like written in the description yes and it's all over social media already so Come, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the topic. Um, Hence the topic. And as uh, How Do You Talk About a Manless Woman is a queer reading of a romance novel of mm-hmm. primarily Elena Ferrante's The Days of Abandonment, yes. we thought that we would talk about queer readings, queering, all of that good stuff today and kind of in relation specifically to that project and also in general and kind of going in how that manifests in our practice, a little bit about the kind of academic literature surrounding it, all those good things. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, with <laughs> it is a queer reading of technically this book. Not entirely sure how accurately it will keep to the story, just for anybody who might actually want to come to see it. It's a queer it, reading it, of <laughs> tropes found within that book. <laughs> yes, yes. It's a queer reading of, I read this book, thought it was amazing, and then realised that the characters existed over all of women's history, literature. Um, yeah. Yes. Do you want to tell us... Perhaps what queering or what a queer reading is. Is it the same thing? Yes, okay, so we're going to begin the podcast with a definition because we also didn't actually necessarily know the specifics. So our good friend Wikipedia has provided. So queering is the verb form of the word queer and comes from the shortened version of the phrase queer reading. It is a technique that came out of queer theory in the late 1980s through the 1990s and is used as a way to challenge heteronormativity by analysing places in a text that use heterosexuality or identity binaries. 
queering is a method that can be applied to literature as well as film to look for places where things such as gender, sexuality, masculinity and femininity can be challenged and questioned. Originally, the method of queering dealt more strictly with gender and sexuality, but quickly expanded to become more of an umbrella term for addressing identity as well as a range of systems of oppression and identity politics. Even the term queer itself can be queered, because much of queer theory involves working to fight against normalisation even in the field itself. In the context of queer theory, queering is something we do rather than something we are or are not. Wikipedia 2021. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, do we want to talk a little bit about that last sentence of the queer theory saying that it is something we do rather than are or aren't? Yes. So we thought this was very interesting um, mm -hmm. because, yes, in the instance of this project, we are doing a queer reading very much intentionally and we're yep. kind of um yeah like it says in this definition like analyzing places in a text that use um heterosexuality like compare that kind of a thing so for example in this text it's very like um even though the male character is not really in the yeah, but, I think he has, like, maybe five lines of yeah, dialogue. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like, he shows up occasionally to say hi to his kids. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's very much, like, the centrepiece of it, so that's kind of a yeah. uh, thing that we're analysing is this idea that the woman's narrative can't exist without this man as the centrepiece, even though his presence is not actually... There. Like, like, yeah. The book is about him, yet he is not there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Essentially. Um, um, and there's lots of ideas of, like, ageing and uh, expectations of femininity and those sorts of things mm -hmm. in it that, um, yeah, we're kind of intentionally analysing from a queer perspective and queering as something we do. Um, but then we also, based off this little quote kind of thought that there's other instances in other bits of our work where we are like doing queering as a result of being queer yes so just by circumstance essentially yeah just by like the way we interact with source material with themes with bringing ourselves into a room or onto a project yeah, even if the project itself is not about queerness, which honestly, it's kind of quite spectacular that we've got this far in and this is the first thing we're doing that we're like, <laughs> this is the main theme. This is true, yeah. We, we've, we've had a few other projects in the past. I mean, uh, look, witchiness, I feel like, is also kind of queer. It's definitely a part of uh, queer culture. yeah. It I'm also like, I don't think I know a single straight witch. <laughs> like, yeah, it's very much a yeah, a part of queer culture and there is a big intersection there. Um mm -hmm. and yeah, even there it's like we bring our perspective as queer people and of that bit of uh queer culture, especially the kind of um millennial Gen Z queer culture, into our work on like looking at themes of spirituality. 
So by there, yeah. it's like we are doing queering within that yeah. work. Yeah, 100%. Even if it's not a queer reading. Yeah, yeah. You know? Even if it's not intentional, it's just because we are queer. So it's like, we, do is we, we showed up, we had some thoughts. Oh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> now it's queer. <laughs> whoops. <laughs> oh, do we want to just, like, give an umbrella term of what queer is as an umbrella term? Yeah, go for it. Is that useful? So, I mean, queer originated as a derogatory term back in, I want to say, like, the 80s, 90s? A while ago. Maybe a, a while ago. A while ago. Um, for essentially non-straight people. So it was very much to do with being a member of the LGBTQIA+, etc. community. <laughs> also to um, clarify here in that we have a tendency to use straight as meaning cis yes. and not straight as meaning everyone else. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, when we say straight, we mean cis Yeah. But yeah, uh, and queer has since been reclaimed um, and is now used as an umbrella term to mean anybody who isn't cishet, essentially. Um, and cishet means heterosexual and cisgender, um, and cisgender means not transgender. Think, I think that should cover. Yeah, all of all of that terminology. Um, so, I, for example, call myself queer, uh, and not lesbian or bi or anything else, just because it's a nice umbrella term that includes both my sexuality and gender, and that is my personal relationship with the word. Said, so, and I think you have your own personal relationship with the word. Yeah, and I think but it's then, also worth bearing in mind like lots of people will say identify as a lesbian but identify as being part of the queer community community yeah yeah for sure um because the queer community is essentially what what we are now calling the lgbt community yeah the lgbtqia plus basically because there are so many letters being added i think as a community we just went let's go with queer it also (laughs) kind of um allows people to like not have to pick like one of the more specific letters if like that doesn't feel right to them or they're unsure or like figuring things out it's like you know kind of a a nice option to have there but yes that is what we mean by queer (laughs) yes yes and so that is the perspective that we are coming from also looking at queer theory which then diverges quite a bit from that basic identity of sexuality or gender yeah so Um, am I about to go into theory yes I guess I am (laughs) let's do it (laughs) yeah so we were yeah kind of talking about this uh distinction of that like queer theory is rooted in this in like gender and sexuality studies but then kind of takes disaggregates itself applies itself to other contexts um becomes something that isn't necessarily directly related to that and whether or not we kind of think that's okay think that's something mm-hmm. we agree with um and we were talking about there's a theory by um Sarah Ahmed um which is titled queer phenomenology which is pretty
personal favourite academic theory, which I'm now going to try and explain to you. And basically, she takes ideas from phenomenology that basically, like, um, the world appears to us and that reality, as it presents itself to us, is a um, continually extending straight line. And that the more cultural norms are upheld, the more they are visible to us. She basically says what is straight is what is uh, in view, what is on the line is what we see, and then what is off the line is what is queer and what is uh, relegated to the background. So then, as she goes on to talk about the intersection of uh, sexuality and race, and she talks about diversity and inclusion in institutions, and kind of about how inclusion and attending to intersectionality and those sorts of things is bringing the background or what is queer, what is off the line, what is not considered the cultural norm into view. So like a conscious undoing of the like, I've forgotten the like big term, but where it's like the like white cishet patriarchal societal default. Basically she's talking about a conscious undoing of that in the context of queering, which is related to gender and sexuality and her gender and sexuality but is not exclusive to that context Mm -hmm. um and then we were kind of I guess paralleling this with our own practice in which there is a lot of conscious acts of undoing the norm which is what we're trying to do with like um NGC hub and with directory and with the way that we um practice when we're in a room together also we're trying to do acts of consciously undoing the norm which is by definition in line with that theory and in line with a lot of queer theory queering yes even though some of it centers on themes of gender and sexuality some of it doesn't at all sometimes it's there incidentally yeah um so then the thing is basically is it right to disaggregate that yes and we were kind of like uh is it like fine for uh an academic like Ahmed who identifies as queer to take queer theory and apply it to subverting other things within institutions and that be queering yes that feels fine is it fine for us as um, a queer-led company to have these acts of consciously undoing the norm and consider that queering. Yes. We, we think so. Yes, <laughs> we think so. We think so because we are queer, and so anything that we do, I think, is inherently queer. Yeah, but then it's like if somebody who didn't hold that identity was doing technically the yes. same thing of this. Uh, subversion of the norm of this like bringing into view of like what is off the line and is labelled queer in Ahmed's theory or um, highlighting moments in something where there is um, compet kind of narratives or chrononormativity Mm. or those sorts of things who didn't have that identity would that be query? Lots of (laughs) them appear to think it is. And lots of queer theory seems to validate that. Yeah, because if we go back to this quote that we uh, kind of centred on at the start, 
Mm-hmm. We've got this queering is something we do rather than something we are or are not. But it's like, can you do queering if you are not queer? Yeah. Is the question. Like, is, is a question. Is like personal identity inherent to that as a process or not we we don't have the answers i'm not sure academia has the answers no i think academia has gotten a little bit ahead of itself with this whole thing to be honest with you (laughs) um there is a lot of writing (laughs) about what is quite a simple (laughs) yeah concept (laughs) to me it slightly feels like we might want a different word yeah basically to almost mean the same thing but to still give space to like the queer community as in the lgbtqia plus community um to call ourselves queer because because in a in a kind of twisted way like our community has done the work of reclaiming that word of making it a non-derogatory term and while i understand the appeal of calling anything that does not fit in with heteronormativity and queer-normativity queer because it does not fit in with this line going into space is that is that the theory yeah basically (laughs) (laughs) Basically. Uh, (laughs) like i understand the appeal of wanting to use a word that was used in a derogatory term and that has that history it feels at the same time maybe like taking away from the community which has fought for it and which has kind of done that initial work of reclaiming it. It's also it's also like um and I might be off the mark here and if I am we can edit this up, but <laughs> <laughs> I think Oh, I'm also losing my voice, this is going really well. Um <laughs> No, it's okay. Um <laughs> I think that to do the act of queering something, for lack of a... Yeah, like you said, mm-hmm. there is no other term. Word, yeah. Um, or the, like, highlighting or subverting of moments where the, like, kind of cishet norm is being upheld as... If you are doing that as somebody who is not queer, what you are doing is allyship to the queer community right right which is fine great cool thanks but (laughs) and I think we see this in kind of lots of um activism surrounding marginalized group being an ally is not the same thing as being part of that group yes essentially and I think this is essentially where I find issue with this theory or this way of relating to the theory yeah it just feels a little bit like taking away space and taking away voices from no you can't say taking away voices like but like (laughs) (laughs) silencing actual queer voices I think that's what I'm trying to say um because yeah it's all well and good for I don't know I was about to say Slavita from Zagreb, but nobody other than, like, the two listeners from Zagreb will understand what that is. <laughs> we see you, two listeners from Zagreb. <laughs> yeah, thank you. 
it's all well and good for some random, you know, for, for a straight middle-aged mum of two to say that she is queer because she stood up to um, her husband when he tried to push her into a heteronormative patriarchal situation. But is that what you're doing or is what you're doing feminism, maybe, or something else that works together with queer theory, with the queer struggle, but yeah. I, I'm not, I don't know. It's also the thing of, like, I don't know. Um, if you are, like, cishet, you can kind of, I guess, pick and choose a bit more when to be a, aware of yeah. things, you know? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Whereas because... being like, oh, I think this is important or like I understand this as an issue and therefore I'm going to choose to say something to subvert this or do something to subvert this. Great, cool, thanks again. But like it is different to um, existing in a way where like by virtue of just existing as yourself, you are exactly. challenging things, you know? Exactly, because then going back to like what we were saying earlier in that every single thing that we do, no matter what the actual context of it is, we are queering the thing just by being there. So yeah. just by us being queer, running directory, directory could be read as like a queering of, I don't know, spotlight, you know, like... Yeah. If we want to put it in terms like that, every single thing that we do, every single application that we do, every single conversation we have, it's like in there. Yeah. It's queer. It just because we are queer and we do not get to choose to not do that. Yeah. Which is, I think, where the issue. To go back to the like, it's something we do rather than something we are, it's like it's something we do as a result of who we are. Yes. Through our lived experience as who we are. And I think that kind of has to be a... Like, if we were going to redefine it, (laughs) maybe we'll become, like, academics. We'll start, like, publishing papers in our resource space. But, like, if we were going to redefine it, um, I think it would be, like, yes, it is a conscious... Mm, not conscious it's an act of doing but it can be both conscious and unconscious and it is um something that we cannot help but do as a result of who we are yeah yeah and therefore while we are absolutely not saying that there is isn't space for uh people who don't identify as queer to like do acts of subverting this Mm-hmm. cultural norm be that in in general or specifically cultural norms to do with uh gender and sexuality the desegregation of the term from the lived experience that has happened in some bits of academia feels odd and i think our conclusion is that there should be some other term for that kind of um <laughs> allyship act. equivalent yeah. of act yeah like allyship yeah. act of Queering, queering in quotation marks because the lived experience of queerness is essential to acts of queering yes 
I agree. I wonder if those words do actually already exist and whether... Oh, probably. We've, we've, we've like, based this off our previous knowledge and a quote yeah. on Wikipedia. But I'm also, like, I'm fully wondering, like, are those words literally just subversion, subverting the patriarchy, yeah. feminism? Like, is that what it is? Because yeah. it feels like that's what it is. Um, <laughs> Which, th- those, and those are all great things. Absolutely. But, you know... That's, these are our thoughts on queer readings... Who has yes. who gets so this to is... do what yeah. <laughs> academia bits of theory that we know we promised you chaos we delivered <laughs> yeah yeah um, <laughs> this was set as a let's talk about the show that we are making to be perfectly honest with you these are probably the most coherent thoughts that we have about the show yeah. Uh, <laughs> This is what the show is about, kind of, I guess. Because um... I think it's uh, interesting also to kind of go back back to where we started with the, that we're doing a queer reading of this source text, is that the yeah. character, and this is why we're doing a queer reading of it, is um, not queer. Like, she's like a cishet woman who's been married with kids. Yeah. But... Yeah. It's like, uh, the way it's written, you really feel for her as a character. And it's like, we're like, oh, she could really benefit from some, like, <laughs> you know, like, uh, from, from some queer theory, from some, like, have you considered yeah. that, like, this is not the only way to live life or, like, be a woman or... Essentially. That I mean, kind of a thing. the book itself deals with that. And, like, the book itself, like... You see the character of oh my god, is she called Olga? She's yeah, I think Olga, she is. She? You see her oh suffer at the hands of like heteronormativity, and you see her like acknowledge that that's what's happening. Yeah. You do not, however, see a an alternative result. be presented yeah. to her. Yeah, you see her just be upset about it, which, like, I understand also. I mean, I love the, you know, if we didn't like the book, we wouldn't yeah. do it. <laughs> exactly. So, so I'm just like, I'm very interested in that. And I think Olga is a wonderful character. But, and I guess maybe we're going to have to have conversations also about how much, um, to what extent do we queer this character while still keeping the integrity of the trope that we are trying to. Yeah, and how present. much do we place what is presented in the source alongside other things? Yes. You know? And how queer can it go while still being about a straight married yeah. cis woman? That that's gonna be the experiment. Uh, yes. <laughs> Come see our show if you want the answer to that one. Maybe, maybe we'll <laughs> maybe. make maybe we'll make queer things part three at some point about the process of. Oh, I'm sure we will. Uh, actually, doing the thing because at the moment we're very much like in the in the thinking stage. Um, but yeah, yes. come come and see us. It is November fifteenth at the cockpit. It's a theatre in the pound at the cockpit. The Voila special edition, is that yes. what it's called? Yes. I think so. That's um, on our, on our thing. The, yeah, there's loads of marketing on our social media. There's also a link to tickets in the link tree that you can find in all of our bios, etc. If you're yep. London-based, we'd love to have you there. 
Um, yeah. While we've got you here, you should follow us on social media. We are oh, um, at the Not God Complex on Instagram and Facebook. We are at Not God Complex on Twitter. You can also find us at our website, which is thenotgodcomplex.com. Or you can email us, uh, which is thenotgodcomplex at outlook.com. I think that's the whole spiel. We'd love to hear from you. We're always on the lookout for podcast guests, podcast suggestions. Um, Yeah. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed this. We hope it was as coherent as queer chaos can be. Um, And we will speak to you next month for episode nine, by which point, well, by the time you hear it, we'll have made and performed the The first iteration of this thing yeah um we don't know when we're going to record it so we'd love it if you like we'd love to have people come to that show tell us what they thought of the show and then if you've listened to this episode and thought about what queering is i i personally would love to have in-person discussions with people about queering and whatever we end up making and yes your thoughts um there's also yeah. a so basically the, there will be a short performance and then like a Q&A situation I believe so yes. come talk to us ask us questions we're always up for a chat up for some slightly convoluted but important thinking yeah um, I'm probably more nervous about the Q&A than the show I think it'll be fine we're gonna be okay I don't know how to talk to people <laughs> we're gonna be okay cool thank you for cool. listening yeah um and we will speak to you next month yeah bye maybe a guest bye